0: Let Kids Play podcast, where I'm Nayetta, your host, a mom, educator, and your only activity guy for your little ones. Hi, it's Nayetta, your activity guy, your only activity guy, and I'm your host at Let Kids Play podcast, and today. Today we're diving into an exciting topic. You all have actually been asking me about this. So I finally got around to recording it for you all. And I'm sorry, it took a minute. I need to I need to make sure that I brought all the information that you all needed. Um and you know, just 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 give you the information that you need. So um learning goals for your little ones at home. So it doesn't matter if you are um, an educator, uh, you know, mom, I, I mostly talk to moms, but if you're a dad, hey dads, um, caregivers, and all of that. So this episode will be valuable to you regardless um, of your role in a child's life, aunt, uncle, whatever. Um, so we we want to focus on how to create valuable moments and um, meaningful learning experiences for our young kids um in their homes in the comfort of their homes like their home should be a safe space it should be a comfortable space for them and i know that's not the situation um for most kids but that's what we um that's what we want to create a safe space um and a comfortable environment for our kids so to get started let's let's first discuss why um learning goals are essential at home like i know your house isn't a school But you, you know, I always say you're your kid's first teacher. So um, learning goals are very essential for your young kids. Um, Kids' brain development research has shown that their brain is 80% developed within the first three years of life. So it's very important for us to um, have focused goals on the way that our kids learn at home before they get to pre-K, before they get to that kindergarten teacher. Kindergarten teachers, I got (laughs) y'all. Parents, we are the first teacher. So... Research also shows that um, setting those uh, clear learning goals, like you having a direction of where your child needs to go and how they need to develop, um, also helps your kid have a sense of um, direction and have a sense of purpose because – Um, you're giving them things that they need to focus on. You're giving them the one, two, three step direction and things like that. And what's the goal without it being able to be tracked? So if you set a goal for them, a learning goal for them, you're also able to track it and see their progress. And, um, depending on what the goal is and if you include them and they also feel accomplished. Like, yay, mommy, I did it. You know, they, they love to celebrate themselves. And I hope you love to celebrate your little ones too. So, um, Every child is unique, and we know this. So you want to tailor your learning goals to your child's interests. So the goals that I'll talk about, we actually have a printable um, for you all that I created. It's on the website. I'll make sure that it's linked in this uh, episode notes below for you as well. It, um, it's just like a, a mini booklet for you all um, for the learning goals for those at home. It's a play-based prep guide. Um, I give you some valuable information in it. I give you some charts for one, two, and three, give you activity ideas and things like that. But, okay, back to the episode. So every child is unique. They have their own interests, their own strengths. I have three kids, and toddlerhood right now is not the same toddlerhood I went through 10 years ago. (laughs) I always joke with my 10-year-old, like, you tricked me. I thought all kids were like this at two and three. And then turn around I had my middle child and then my 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 three-year-old right now. That's my wow baby. I haven't seen a toddler like this, and he's so smart. Um, because he tries to keep up. But yeah, so every every kid is different, their strengths, their weaknesses, and things like that. So we want to talk about how you Um, needs to identify your particular child's passion, um, their strengths, what their interests too, and that's how you tailor their learning goals um, to them. So, and I want to be clear, the learning goals aren't necessarily like, um, how do I put this? So it's not necessarily academic based because I know we want to focus on, oh, my three-year-old needs to be reading. Oh, they need to be doing this, doing that, yada, yada, yada. That stuff is important. But you also want to focus on the whole child because you also want to make sure that they're working on that fine motor skills. You want to make sure they're working on that gross motor skills. Like you want to make sure that they're putting two feet together and jumping and things like that by a certain age. Those are the developmental skills and learning goals that we are talking about in this episode. Yes, we're talking about the alphabets and the numbers and them counting and things like that. Those are important. But when I speak on the learning goals, I'm talking about the whole child, like socially um emotionally developing them like um how they deal with their uh, anger issues how they identify when they're sad when they're happy things like that how they communicate how they express themselves um because my big thing is before my kids go to daycare they got to be able to let me know something's wrong um because I'm I'm their protector like it's it's me, and I'm, I'm coming hard about my kids. So I need them to let me know. Like I need to understand them. What makes them take their moves? Like you, you know, as a mom, you can look at your kids and sense when something is wrong. So I need to. I need my baby to be able to tell me. Like did somebody take your toy, or did somebody push you down and kick you? Like you know. So that's <laughs> that's the things that you want to um, help them also figure out in this early stage of how to communicate their needs and their issues and things like that. So that's part of like tailoring the learning the um their learning goes to them. Going back to my kids, my daughter, she's six now. But during toddlerhood, I never knew anything was wrong with her. Like she would not communicate. First of all, she didn't talk to anybody that did not live in our house until after she was two. I'm talking about granddad who is like one of her favorite people um god mommy like you looked at her and she would cry she didn't talk to anybody until after two years old (laughs) after two years old like i she she had to build trust um and then even then if someone like did something to her she would not talk about it until like (sighs) yeah. she she told me like when her um her cousins had pushed her or something um or something when she was like three she told me like a year later though like she was four and she was telling me stuff so um and it sounds like i don't like i knew something was wrong and i knew something was wrong because my baby was lashing out at this particular um cousin and i figured it out before she actually told me the full story of what was going on it wasn't nothing bad y'all like it wasn't like a um defects type situation but it was the fact that um her cousin was pushing her and she didn't like it. But instead of her, you know, saying like, hey, she pushed me. Um, I don't want her pushing me. or I don't like you pushing me. Um, she just didn't say nothing. But when we all got together, um, she may like push her cousin back or she may throw something at her cousin. So that's also teaching them to communicate and understanding like the kids are different. So they just, they communicate in their way and you kind of, again, learning goals, tailoring them to, like, now she's six, like, baby, I need you, like, we're at a point where I I need you to tell me when something is wrong, because mommy has to assess the situation, like, is it a one to ten type situation? Um, so that's, that's why it's good to kind of tailor the learning goals, um, in your household to your particular, um, child. Every child is different. They won't all have the same, um, learning goals, and you want to start incorporating activities that align with their interests and their learning goals. So, for example, my 10-year-old, I I taught that guy to do everything from cars, colors, numbers, um, adding, subtracting. Everything was done through some type of transportation vehicle. (laughs) Everything. My daughter is Barbies and dolls and, um, fashion, like cartwheels and things like that. So every kid is different. Um, you know, I do play based hands on. So, um, with her, um, I actually did use flashcards cause I wanted to get her talking and like the doctor was concerned, like she's, she doesn't talk. Um, and I'm like, she communicates. So she's, she's fine. And my family, of course, you know, they're concerned in their opinions. Um, She doesn't talk. Maybe it's something wrong. um, She just don't want to talk to y'all. So the flashcards was my way of recording to um, let the doctors know like, hey, my baby's okay. Like she, I would record her saying her colors from the flash because she would talk to me, her brother, and her dad. She did not talk to anybody else. She didn't even talk if they were around y'all. So yeah, so that's um, that's the second thing. So let me recap for you for um, a minute. So you want to Uh, We talked about the importance of the learning goal and why it's important for you to have learning goals so that you have something to track and have a direction to go in when you're creating activities for your kids. And then two, you want to um, tailor their goals to your child's interest and every um, kid is unique. So you want to tailor to their strengths and their interests. So, all right. So the third thing is creating a balanced um, learning goal. Creating balanced learning goals. I want to say curriculum, but I don't want to really want to say curriculum. Um, yeah. Um, uh, mean that words, mean that word has some issues or whatever. And I know curriculum is just like, you know, it's your structure and the way that you learn uh, or the way that you teach, but I think my issue is the structure part of it because as an activity guy, I'm guiding the kids and they they teaching. <laughs> I'm just following a supervisor, make sure everyone's safe. Like, but okay, so creating um, balanced learning goals for your little one. So, as I said before, it's crucial for you to focus on the whole child. Don't just focus on, oh, I need to create this learning goal for my kids to say their ABCs. Oh, I need to create this learning goal for my kids to count to 10, this, that, and the other say this word, that word. First of all, I'm just keep it, I'm just keep it, keep it all the way real with y'all. First of all, if you start your kid off trying to do the ABCs, say they're ABCs, um, and saying, like, hey, this is A, A for Apple, and stuff like that, in my opinion, you're wrong. You need to start those babies off with the sounds first, and then you need to sound, start them off with the. Um, the common sounds that they hear, the easy sounds. You don't need to go um in order of the alphabet A, B, C, D. They should not be learning the A, B, Cs like that. They should be learning A S um A, S, they need to learn D and B um, separate and so they can understand the difference. Like one goes to the left, one goes to the right when they're identifying it. But when you have a two-year-old, that two-year-old should be learning the A, S, I, things like that. Or you can even focus on the vowels and they need to learn those sounds so that they can um, be phonetically aware of the sounds in the letters. So when they start reading, they're sore. So don't take it from me, research it, but, you know, kind of, kind of, I vetted this now, <laughs> got got a decade in the game, but, <laughs> but, um, so focus on the whole child. Cause it's, you got to focus on that fine motor skills. And okay. So I don't want you all to be intimidated by me saying the whole child, like, first of all, I got you when it comes to the, um, fine motor, gross motor and social, um, emotional skills like that. Like that's what our whole thing is, um, based on you can follow us on IG at the activity playhouse like that's we got that part um the reading and math in my opinion is easy because you rarely see a kid that doesn't know that stuff that wasn't you know it wasn't put in front of them unless there was some developmental um developmental issues but um focus on the well-rounded part of it like people say oh my kid is too young to do science experiments who who my 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 babies were starting science experiments at nine months. There's a way for you to have that. So they're not necessarily saying what the hypothesis is and stuff like that. But those kids can learn to explore and things like that early. So that's what I'm saying. Don't just focus on, like, the math and the reading. Like, include some science. Include some arts. Those babies can paint before one. We can do Taste Safe, actually, in the um, Learning Goals Guide, one of creativity um examples is taste safe paint the babies can paint before one introduce that stuff to them because you're introducing colors to them you're introducing words and building their vocabulary and sparking their creativity which in my opinion is more important than all the other stuff because if you raise a um creative child and you instill that into them to where they can um learn to problem solve and all that stuff before they start to read it oh my god those are like our um Steve Jobs and Oprah and people that just were so innovative and created these things that we use now like they were nurtured um from a child for their creativity so let's focus on that let's uh, again because I know the teachers they they like to comfort comfort uh cover us <laughs> the play-based community I'm not saying that the math and The um, language charts and reading is not important. What I'm saying is if you focus on the whole child, that stuff will come easy. Put art into their daily routine. Let them kids just sit at the table and explore. And when I say art, I mean process art. I don't mean like give them a craft where you're telling them what to do. Let them figure it out. Let them figure out like, because so if you're doing a craft and you're telling your kid what to do, they're gonna do it the way you want them to do it. So they're gonna keep the red um in this area. They're gonna keep the blue in this area. But what if, what if you just let them be creative and do what they do, they're gonna realize that, oh, I'm spreading this red and this um blue together. <gasps> I made purple. Like that's a discovery and exploration for them. Like let the kids learn and and I'm getting excited, y'all. That's so I'm moving because I'm passionate about this stuff. Let those kids explore, let them. Let them mix the colors of the play doh. Let the play doh. Let the play doh go. Um, y'all got me knocking on the table and everything. But so yes, make sure you focus on the whole child and add everything um, into their uh, learning goals. The arts, the science, the music. Let them listen to different type of music, as far as like classical, jazz, things that has like um. So I used to hate this when I was a child it. My dad was in the band, so he loved songs with. First of all, we didn't listen to hip hop growing up, um, but my dad loved Prince and Earth Wind and Fire, and they are great artists. But I just I listen to it like all the time growing up. That I feel some type of way when I hear it. But I have my kids listen to it because it you have those different instruments in it, and you just hear the real music behind it. So let them listen to some of the old school bands like that. Like Earth, Wind & Fire is a very good band for them to listen to. Or um, Pink Floyd. Let those kids listen to different types of music and let them just, you know, let them explore the sounds themselves because that's again, part should be a part of their learning goals, but it's definitely a part of their um, developmental uh, skills that the pediatrician is asking about. It's definitely a part of the lessons that they're going to learn in the 4th and 5th grade, and if you're putting them into a very good school, like a good charter school or a private school, they will be reading music in the 4th and 5th grade. So it'll... That stuff, when you start it early, it seems like they're not learning, but their brain is processing it. So when they actually learn it, it's easy for them. It's easy for them to introduce your child to those different instrumental sounds. And when they actually get into the 4th and 5th grade and they're reading music and they're playing that piano, it'll be like this for them. Um, So make sure you promote the cognitive developmental and nurture their creativity to focus on a well rounded child to create a well-rounded adult because I want y'all to think about um the people that that's around you in the world at your job or who you sit next to um in a meeting and stuff like that and how they're just like in this box think about them you don't want your kids like that um so yeah, nurture nurture that creativity too. Don't just focus on the math and the language arts. Let them kids explore and do science experiments. All right. So number four is we're gonna set achievable milestones. Like um, it's this is guy on IG. I don't know his name, but he talks about your toddler can't read. They can, but should that be my main focus as a toddler? No. Let that let that baby play. If my baby is reading, then so be it. Because if I'm being honest, Dion, that little boy is reading, but the way Dion is set up, Dion's not gonna let you know he's doing something until he's ready to let you know he's doing something. <laughs> he's not ready to let me know he's reading, but I see it. So I'm just waiting for him to like, oh yeah, you know, I read, mommy. Because <laughs> that's if you know Dion, if you if you know Dion, then you know that's his personality. Again, y'all got to follow me on the activity playhouse at um on IG or Facebook to understand DM. But I'm pretty sure my baby is he he can read a simple um a simple book that has two or three words on each page. I'm I'm almost positive, but um, set achievable goals. So you don't want to go in like if your baby's not communicating that well at two, you don't want to set a goal. Okay, my baby needs to be reading by three. And um, this episode (laughs) goes. Come for me this episode, but another unrealistic goal is saying that your child should be potty trained at two oh, or by three. Sometimes it doesn't work like that, um, and y'all got to let it go um, because okay. So I ain't gonna talk about that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it out there. Sometimes saying that your kid needs to be potty trained by two and three is an unrealistic goal. Okay, I'm gonna let that out there. So that's what I mean by um unrealistic goal, but I'll I'll give you um since we've been talking about reading. So let's 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 break that down. So we're not saying that this three and four year old needs to be reading. Um and some teachers will say they need to be reading by saying they get to kindergarten. None of my kids so far have been reading by the time they got to kindergarten. But guess who's reading well above their grade levels? Both my kids are at school. Well, we homeschool right now. But both my kids are reading well above grade level. And they always have. As soon as they started reading, they were above grade level. And they um, so my oldest, he started reading about four months after being in kindergarten. And then um my daughter, she just finished her kindergarten year and she started reading uh her first the first month. So by the end of August, she was like fully reading um and then by the end of kindergarten um you have to be on level d at her school that she went to in Georgia I think now was on um I think she was on like I or J by the time she finished kindergarten so you know Um, but so if you want your kid reading by kindergarten, let's just go for that. So that's a big goal. Kid reading by kindergarten. How do I break that down to a four, three, two year old? You don't say, oh, I want my three year old reading by, um, I don't, you want your uh, three year old reading. That's, that's not a, um, achievable goal for them or milestone. But what you can say is I want my three year old to be able to say three, four letter words. I want my three-year-olds to have this in their vocabulary. And how you do that, to break it down even further, you don't say, oh, let me go find these cards to make them memorize. Because that's I reading. <laughs> to make them memorize this. So, okay, so we're going to go with three-letter word, three words. I'm just going to break this all the way down for y'all. This is a good episode. So cat, bat, hat, sat. those are um, four words, and they rhyme, by the way, which is also good, which is why nursery rhymes are important. But, again, that episode is coming. All right. So, y'all know it's getting good if I'm singing. Okay. So, cat hat. You know how I would teach my um three-year-old cat and hat? We're going to go to the pet store and look at a cat because, also, I don't do pets in my house. But we will go to the pet store and look at a cat. That's that's how we build building that cat vocabulary. So, when they see the word on paper, I'm like, oh, that's cat. They're going to remember it because they're going to remember what the cat look like from the pet store so if I put a book about cats in front of my son he's gonna remember that black cat from the pet store so that word is gonna stick out in his mind another way for hats with fashion show or like um if you're going to like the baseball games or just buying a hat in the store or um we do like a you know we have a whole little play area where we have the pretend um house store uh mechanic shop and things like that we can build a Lego hat. We can have a hat where we sell it in our store. So they're not seeing that word, but we're saying that word, and we're also doing something with our hands that pertains to that word. Y'all see where I'm going? So if the kid is learning with their mind and using their hands, it's going to stick. So when my ba- when um, my baby sees the word hat or cat, it's stuck. He knows it because he's going to already remember that he's already built a relationship with that word. Like, y'all... Not y'all because my audience we don't do that we we do play based stuff, but um. People are putting these things in front of the, the kids without building that relationship and setting that foundation. Um, you have to set that foundation. So, yes, your kid will be reading by kindergarten, but here's what you need to do before that, like reading out loud. I remember, um, and that's probably why my baby, um, uh, my daughter. Um, who just finished kindergarten she's in the first grade now that's probably why she was reading so easily so well because I was on my last year of college when she was born I was a um, senior Um, and I started back up uh, like I think she was like four months when I started back up so she was up and she was breastfed so she was always up under me so when I had to do my homework and she's laying in my lap where you know she's feeding I'm reading my textbook out loud to her (laughs) Like, just read out loud. Reading out loud is so important to these kids. Read out loud. I don't care if your baby's three weeks old. Read out loud to them or, like, um talk to them. You know how you talk to yourself? Talk to the baby. Like you're talking to yourself. Say your grocery list out loud. Just continue to say stuff around them. Build their vocabulary because they are sponges and they are soaking it up. But that is the first step to getting your child to read by kindergarten. Not putting a flashcard or a. Uh, um, book and telling them to read this in front of them like you really should be reading aloud still at kindergarten first grade because that's still building that vocabulary those words that they don't know and they struggle with hearing you say it and attaching that activity that they can use their hands with helps to develop them reading it all right so i hope that made sense y'all because i got i got a little off a little off subject with it because you know i'm just passionate about this stuff so it comes naturally all right so the last one is um, creating an environment for them to be independent and make their own decisions. Now, I know this old saying that "I'm the parent, you're the child." I'm guilty of using that when um, before I knew better, but now that I know better, I don't use that per se. But that whole saying just throw it in the trash can, just follow up. Three, three-point-in trash can, ball it up, because you need to uh, understand that it's important for your kids to be independent, and it's important for them to make decisions. So, another thing is, people are like, "Oh my God, um, the eighteen-year-olds are lost in the world," or they don't know how to think for themselves. You ever heard that someone say, "The kid don't know how to"? Th- Let me adjust these headphones. Um, the kid don't know how to think for themselves. Well, that's that's why they haven't been in an environment where they've been allowed to think for themselves they haven't been allowed to be independent and make you know decisions for themselves and use their brain powers that god gave them so um you have to empower your child to be independent and take ownership of their decisions good or good or bad they have to learn from it they're they're either gonna fail and get back up because that's what you're teaching them or they're gonna soar either way you you teach them to make those decisions and stand by it so, again, going back to the toddler, because we usually talk about kids under five on right here. I posted this on my IG story. I just had to take a deep breath um, because I'm almost triggered even thinking about it. So, he decided, like, he's very independent. He will fix his own ice water. He fixes his breakfast where he makes waffles. He may even do a little remix and create his own breakfast Um. Where one day he made eggs and put it in a uh, ice cream cone. I didn't even know that was a little meal at Disney. But, um, and I didn't know, so I'm just letting him like, okay, what what do you need me to do? I'll do the eggs on the stove. You crack it, you mix it, yada yada yada. But he's in an environment. All my kids are. They're in an the environment where they can be independent and make their decisions, and mommy is gonna be there to guide you. But you fall, you fall, and we gotta figure out how to get back up. So he fixed his um cereal the other morning. And then he um, he wasted, the bowl fell, and he wasted um, all over the floor. So I'm like, okay, well, clean up your mess because you made the decision to, and I, I seen he was going to drop it, so I did ask him, hey, can I help you? And um, he said, no, I got it, Mommy, don't help me. Okay, I think you're going to drop it. No, Mommy, I'm not going to drop it. Okay, I didn't, you know, I, you're right. Okay, he wasted all over the floor. So, okay, get the broom, clean it up. He goes to grab the broom, and he's doing the most on the floor with the broom. (laughs) Just just being real, he was doing the most. And so in the midst of him doing the most, he turned around because he was dancing with the broom and just jumping and just doing everything but sweeping up the cereal. Um, And he knocked over his ice cup of water. So now we have water on the table, on the floor with the cereals. We just got a whole little situation going on. Did I get up and start yelling? No, I did not. Okay, well, now we have another mess to clean up. Now you need to, you know, get something to get the um, water. Up. So he grabs the mop, and I'm like, I don't think you should use the mop um, because you like to spray the water out, so maybe you should get a towel. That's, that's what Mommy thinks, you should get a towel. No. Okay, well, so he gets the mop, and he adds even more water onto the floor because it was a Swiffer. still didn't get up y'all I still just took a deep breath and I'm still right there just you know patiently waiting letting him make these decisions (laughs) and be independent even though my kitchen look a mess (sighs) so he finally went and got the towel, and he started cleaning up the mess and stuff like that so to make a long story short we created like three different messes in the midst of this one mess that he was supposed to clean up but he learned like Okay, maybe I should have just swept instead of jumping around, dancing, and doing all this stuff. Maybe I should just, you know, swept up the cereal off the floor. Um, but there was a reaction or a consequence, if you will, to me not just sweeping up the cereal off the floor. Like there was a, <laughs> there was, was a trifecta <laughs> for that decision that he made. But he had to learn that because as a independent um, independent individual, making your own decisions. Sometimes like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't go your way and um and you gotta take ownership of it and taking ownership is cleaning up all three of your messes now and we learn from that. Um so that's you have to create an environment for your kids to be independent and make their own decisions, even even when you know they're gonna be wrong. Even when your gut is telling you like this is gonna be a disaster. Let them make the decisions so they can see it themselves. Um, another one, my ten year old. He wore a white collar shirt one day to um, lunch. And I wanted to say, I'm so bad. Take that off because you, the way you eat, you're going to have stains everywhere. So I just said, and I said, okay, cool. Nice shirt. You got it on white. And he's like, yeah. You want me to take it off? I said, no, you look, you look good. So we get to lunch and uh, we went to this place my husband found. And uh, he had pizza. My daughter had sushi. Uh, D had chicken fingers. And then my uh, husband had a burger um, from the burger place he wanted to try. So it's a little cute place in Charlotte where you could just get different meals on different restaurants in there. Um, so I think he finished eating, I was like, oh, yeah. Mm, that's why I didn't want you to wear white, but I knew, you know, I need to let you see why I don't usually like you to wear white to lunch. I need you to understand why that decision um, is important for you not to wear white to lunch. <laughs> Y'all, he had pizza sauce on his collar, pizza sauce on his <laughs> Warm piece of sauce on the bottom of his shirt like i don't even know where we went wrong but that's what happened but if i had told him from the beginning at home take off that white shirt, I would have killed his self-esteem and his confidence because, you know, at that 10, he almost 11, ain't feeling himself. So he was looking good, had on his little Jordans and stuff. So I wasn't going to kill his self-esteem and his confidence. I was just going to let him, you know, let him learn like this. You're making the decision to wear white, you're going to see what comes with wearing white (laughs) with the way you eat. So, yeah, create an environment for them to make their own decisions whether good or bad parents. All right. So, um, we're, we're at the 30 minute mark. I'm trying to see, should I give you all the rest of these gems or just wrap it up? I gave you a lot. I gave you a lot. We'll, we'll talk about next time how to incorporate the play-based learning and the love for learning and, um, questions into the next episode. So there'll be a part two for this episode. So let me recap for part one. Um, So understand the importance of having a learning goal in your home. Um, Make sure you tailor the goal to your child's interests and their strengths. Um, Create um, balanced learning goals to incorporate the whole child and to create a well-rounded education for them because you are the teacher. Um, Number four was set achievable goals. Um, Nothing far-fetched and out there. Um, Number five was create an individual. Excuse me, create an environment for them to be independent and make their own decisions. So that's all I have for you all. Um, we're going to wrap this episode up for the Let Kids Play podcast. As I said, I'll have a link for the printable. Um, it's a free learning guide for you all learning um, goals for littles at home. And thank you for joining me, wherever you're joining me from, whether you're on Spotify. Apple, um, YouTube, make sure you leave a comment or leave me five stars. Just let me know how you're liking the information that I'm sharing, how, um, how I'm doing. Let me know if you found this episode helpful and also do not forget to subscribe or follow, um, follow our podcast so that you can stay, uh, updated on the latest episodes and the things that we'll be dropping. until so next time, Make sure you keep those babies in a creative environment and playing is learning.